This is Tim Tap, host of Tap Into the Truth that you can hear every Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on the K-Star Talk Radio Network, Liberty Talk FM, ZMA Radio, and the Vera Networks. Command codes verified. is in a crucial stage It's not because of foreign wars we wage It's more to do with the colors blue and red Too many laws and too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people try to cross the border Politicians build a new world order Welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I'm your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Roan County, Tennessee, and we are so glad to have you along for the ride. Thank you so very much. No matter where you're listening to the show from... Obviously, we are going out live on great platforms like the K-Star Talk Radio Network, Liberty Talk FM, uh, The Last Frequency, and all of the other Vera networks. And, of course, we can't forget about ZMA Radio. And, uh, you know, why would you? Fantastic locations, fantastic platforms. Glad to have you all along. Thank you for being here. And you know what? Thank you also if you just so happen to be listening to the podcast after the fact. Uh, Just glad to have you. All right, obviously, lots of things going on. Since the last time we got together, we've had a Republican primary debate. We had Donald Trump sitting down with Tucker Carlson 
post, posting that up on Twitter. Um, I'm sorry, on X. Uh, we've had Donald Trump turning himself in. And finally, finally, we got the greatest bit of election propaganda, uh, both pro and anti-Trump. We got the mugshot. And what a mugshot it was. I tell you, nobody seems to want to talk about too much else. But here's the other thing that we have to keep in mind, despite the fact that obviously there's a lot going on there. There's also a lot going on with Joe Biden. He's hiding. He's ducking. He didn't even bother to drag his vacationing backside back from Lake Tahoe to go meet with the WNBA champions. Now, I thought he was all about equity. I thought he was all about women doing stuff. Nope, nope, he couldn't do it. They decided they were going to spend an extended amount of time on vacation. Has he even not been on vacation at any point during the month of August? He sent in the B team. uh, Kamala and company got to go host, and oh, wow, that's just phenomenal. Hope they weren't expecting or looking forward to meeting Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. or Dr. Jill Biden, the greatest doctor of all time. No. I mean, I've got somebody uh, trying to flag me down right now. Uh, he, he took a break from his vacation to, to go to Hawaii. He went to Hawaii, guys. He thought he was still on vacation. Did you hear the jokes he was telling? Oh, I almost lost my car. Oh, the ground's awful hot here. <laughs> I'm a funny old man. Shut up, Joe. <laughs> All right. Before we go any further, I uh, want to uh, remind everybody that we have some scheduled guests. Now, pay very close attention to the word schedule. Uh, we are scheduled to be joined here in just a little bit by Todd McNutt. Of course, you'll probably remember Todd from his last visit. He joined us to talk about a very important project for him, but you really, if you have not yet, need to go pick up his book, Other People's Secrets. Fantastic book, but the um, social media platform representing me was his primary reason for being on before. He has a new project to talk about, so we'll be talking about the new project. And we'll probably still talk a little bit about representing me as well. Um, We're scheduled to be joined by journalist Becky Noble. We'll be talking to her also in the first hour. And in the second hour, we're hoping to connect with return guest Susan Daniels. You'll remember her from the book, The Rubbish Collector's Wife versus Barack Obama. She was on just a few weeks ago, had a great conversation. We'll be talking about her time as a private investigator, or at least that's the hope if all goes as planned. But it is Friday, and when it's Friday, crazy things happen. All right, so with all that having been said, I would be remiss if I didn't take a moment just to remind you guys that the show has sponsors. And the sponsors of the show like for me to tell you stuff about them. And uh, in exchange for them sponsoring the show, they feel like they're entitled to it. I can't argue with that. I don't want to argue with it because we're picky about our sponsors. Uh, First sponsor off the bat today, we're talking about somebody that is going to be there for you when life goes sideways. They want to help you to be prepared. I've been saying for a long time, if you want to fully embrace 
all the blessings of individual liberty, you have to be prepared to take individual responsibility, and part of that is being self-sufficient. There are very few people that are as capable of helping you to be self-sufficient as our friends over at Four Patriots. Uh, whether you're talking about survival food kits or emergency electricity for backup power generation, including solar options, just in case it's long term that your power is down, and water purification and just about everything else you can think of, they've got you covered. So go visit our friends over at 4Patriots by going to... You guessed it, 4Patriots.com. Once you're there, be sure to use promo code TAP, T-A-P-P. Save yourself 10% off of your order. After all, in the age of Bidenomics, who can afford not to save money? It's stuff that you're going to want, stuff that we're probably going to need, and it's an opportunity to save money. So again, that's 4Patriots.com, the number four, uh, don't type in the letters, the number four, Patriots.com. Don't forget to use promo code TAP, T-A-P-P, save yourself that 10%. Now, now we can bring on our first guest of the day, and I've been looking forward to this. Uh, we were kind of talking for about a week and a half, and I was really thinking that it would probably be next week before we could move Todd into a slot. But the slot opened up, and Todd just jumped right on it, and I appreciate the uh, the willingness to come in and work with us. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show, the author of Other People's Secrets and the founder of Represent Me, Mr. Todd McNutt. Todd, thank you so much for coming back on with us again tonight, and uh, how are you today? I'm doing great, and thanks for having me back. I really enjoyed the last time we got to visit, and I'm looking forward to this evening. All right. Well, as am I. I we had a great conversation, and, and I loved the concept, and I do want to talk a little bit about Represent Me again before we jump into the new project. So uh, how are things progressing there? I know that you were still in early stages and still trying to build and get awareness going. Uh, what is the latest update with Represent Me? The site is completely done and online and ready to go. We've got the town hall. We've got the thumbs up. we got everything as as promised. Uh, they're, they're, we're trying to get the ads resolved. Amazon went nuts with the ads on it, and we're trying to get those roped back in so we can control them. But, uh, we, you know, you click on a few X's and get rid of some of the ads, and it's fine. Uh, the only problem is, is we're having a hard time getting the politicians on, which is why, and there's my spin into the new project, that's one of the reasons we're going to use the new project, the tour, uh, because we're going to be shaking hands with all 50 state governors and the mayor of D.C. and lots of senators and congressmen. So we're going to be getting all of these people on the website as we go through the tour and build up the use of the website uh, using the tour to move it. Right. Well, it sounds like a great opportunity to, to put some of these folks on the spot and saying, hey, OK, uh, glad to meet you. Here's this. We're going to, uh, and we're having this conversation. Oh, by the way, you really need to get over here so that the people are able to interact with you and know what you're doing. I would imagine for some of these people trying to drag them out into the sunlight is like trying to, to drag Dracula out into the sunlight. <laughs> so probably have a lot of excuses not to. But I love the fact you're putting pressure on it. Now, this 50 state tour though it's a, a fascinating idea it sounds like a awful lot of work what was it that made you decide that uh, first of all this was even something you would want to do i mean as an idea it sounds great but 
you've been around long enough to know that the logistics of something like this, it's a lot of work. It is. I I used to actually be, along with publishing over the years, I was a part-time bus driver. And I would, I've driven in all 48 lower states and coast-to-coast in Canada three times. So I have traveled all over. So I know logistically the nightmare of what I'm walking into, which kind of probably makes me certifiable that I'm actually voluntarily walking into this knowing what I'm walking into. But the thing it is, to me, it's the importance of this. Uh, we're going at this with, uh, uh, we've been building it up that we we're going to do freedom of speech and freedom to vote. And now we're actually going to be adding some other topics to it. One of them is, and it's a very personal one to me, and we can get into it if we have time, but otherwise we won't. Uh, uh, healthcare and the way the some of the medical community wants to scam the government. And I'm dealing with a couple of different issues on that right now personally. And so we're going to be talking to the governors and the senators and congressmen about that as we go as well. And just, you know, help, you know, trying to help resolve some of the issues in the country. I mean, that's the whole thing. And and doing a 50 state tour, we're going to get a lot of media because no one's ever done this before. No one's ever gone state to state and shaking hands with all 50 governors in a single year time. So we're, we're kind of breaking new ground and doing something. So we're going to get a lot of media, which is going to give us the ability to get this out to a lot of people, which puts all of the governors on the hot seat that, you know, who's going to not meet with us when they know it's going to be televised that they didn't meet with us and who's going to not uh, pay, have to pay attention to what we talk about when they know all their constituents know what we talk to them about. Now, besides the normal media coverage that you're expecting, you're going to be bringing some of your own cameras along for uh, this particular project as well, right? Getting a lot of behind-the-scene kind of thing, uh, uh, a documentary-type follow-up with this? Oh, my friend. They talked to me originally about wanting uh, – we actually got a call from a representative of Netflix, and they said, we want to talk to you about doing the documentary rights because, again, nobody's ever done this. So they said, you know, could we – send cameras along and do this well when we got to talking about it uh someone else came along and said why don't we do a reality tv show which i've found out now you can't use the word reality tv anymore they don't use that it's unscripted tv and so we decided that okay we're going to be taking two or three buses so they said what if we put cameras in the buses and we put cameras backstage everywhere you go and we take cameras to all of the meetings with the governors and we edit it into a one-hour show every week and put it on netflix and so starting in october they're scheduled to start running and that's where we came up with the name the puppet show and the netflix show will be called the puppet show because it's kind of like the everybody talks about Who's controlling the politicians behind the curtain? Well, we're going to pull the curtain back and let you see on our campaign exactly how everything works behind the scenes. We're going to let them be there when we meet the governors. We're going to let them be backstage at the rallies and events we do. We're going to be doing uh, we're going to be letting them in on the buses and the conversations that go on. And of course, uh, they said that Mitt Romney's campaign resulted in 12 marriages in the staff so it's like you know who knows we could have merit we could have couples forming on this tour i'm sure there'll be some bickering and people who don't like each other that are in the crew and on the tour it's it's just going to be kind of interesting to see what develops with the whole show idea and going behind the scenes 
Well, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I think this may very well be the best idea Netflix has had in a bit. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> they've tended to associate it with uh, political-minded folks uh, only towards the left. Uh, they, they don't typically like to take a bipartisan look, and that's really what the effort of this particular uh, tour is. You're, you've got uh, – you're trying to build bipartisan – uh, commitments to some of what is essentially founding principles of the country. We're talking about basic things like freedom of expression and and parental rights and, and those basic fundamental stuff, right? Exactly, and that's the whole key to this. I keep having reporters and, and talk show people trying to get me to take a polit political stand on this issue or that, and I'm like, I don't have an opinion. I don't get to have an opinion. While we're on this tour – Everything is bipartisan. I won't take a stand on anything because – and it's, it's, it's because I believe more than my personal opinion. I believe in the freedom of speech and the freedom of speech. In the movie American President, uh, Michael Douglas did a fantastic job of delivering a little soliloquy about uh, the freedom of speech. Freedom isn't easy. Being an American isn't easy because it means standing on a corner – Defending the right for someone to scream at the top of their voice what you just stood on the same corner and screamed at the top of yours. And again, defending their right to, to, to counter you because if they take away – if you take away their right to counter you, someone can come back and take away your right to have an opinion at all. Yeah. Uh, so, there was a time not that long ago that we generally understood that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We, we don't seem to agree with that anymore for some reason, and, and sadly, we've seen that evolution. And, and what I'm afraid of that, that may very well happen, and you're probably already running into some of this, uh, Todd, when you talk about founding principles, they're going to want to try and peg you as being – an extreme right winger right off the bat because that's their terminology. There's no mm -hmm. such thing as somebody that leans slightly to the right. There's no one slightly right of center. There's just nope. extreme right wing <laughs> nut jobs. Uh, that's their language. But again, that's where it's so important to be able to get eyes on the documentary and to get people onto the website representing me so that they can also continue on an individual basis to put pressure on these politicians to open back up to the American public uh, the way they should be all along. I mean, they have forgotten that they work for the people, not the other way around. And, and you're doing a very big service in trying to help reiterate the point back. It's like, hey, guys, you may be uh, pulling down big bucks and you may be getting wined and dined by special interest groups and, and all this other stuff. But at the end of the day, your job is to go do the people's business. And I, I think this is one of those fundamental grassroots type of uh, efforts that can help reestablish that. It, it's obviously not the full solution, but it's a dang good start, especially if it can start drawing people that are uh, slightly left of center back to some of these founding principles yes. and start reminding uh, the entire American public that we formed this nation because we agreed on those founding principles. The rest 
It was all about the Federation. That's why you live in this state and we live in this state. And you live in that county and we live in this county. Uh, we believe certain stuff, but we all agree on the founding principles. If we can rebuild that, we can save the <laughs> republic. And that's why I really like both of your major projects you got going on. Well, and that's one of the reasons that we're going to the states and the governors, because one of the founding principles that has been lost in this country and most of the governors don't really grasp this, but their authority in their state actually exceeds the authority of the federal government in their state, and they've lost that concept. This is about the state's rights and the importance that the governors stand up for the opinions and rights of their state and don't just go along because the Fed said so. And we've got to get back to that because that's where we're losing a lot of, of the, the, the citizens' rights because under the Constitution, any right that wasn't given to the federal government under the Constitution – belongs to the state and if the state constitution doesn't have it then it remains a right and a choice of the people and that's just like the real id and that's been one of my platforms and pitches for a decade now is that with the real id the federal government under has nowhere in the constitution or any law of the authority to identify and document the american people the states have taken it as their driver's licenses and state IDs, but the federal government doesn't have it. And when the, after 9-11, when the federal government asked the American people for that right, they said no resoundingly in three different votes. So they found a way around it and a loophole, and they went to the states and started pushing for real ID. And that's all it amounts to. They're trying to turn your driver's license or your state ID into a national ID card. And I keep telling the governors, all you have to do to stop this, they're like, well, we, you know, we, we, we can't do anything about it. I'm like, yes, you can. Offer me the option. When I go to the DMV to get my driver's license, I get to choose whether I get a real ID or a regular driver's license. And I'm proud to say right now, my driver's license in my wallet is a regular driver's license. I won't carry a real ID. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the whole idea of states' rights has become a lost thing. And the idea of nullification has been kind of tossed around too, and that's another great states' rights. Uh, it's funny though. Uh, nullification is something that is practiced heavily by the left but criticized by the left. Uh, the very oh, yeah. notion of a sanctuary city or a sanctuary state, that's nullification. They're ignoring uh, the federal laws for immigration. They're ignoring uh, their responsibilities that they're supposed to do in helping. Uh, and if somebody, on the other hand, a, a more conservative state, a red state, decides that they're going to nullify uh, some federal law, then the left is screaming from high heaven. And, and again, you're absolutely yeah. right. The whole notion, the whole idea that mm -hmm. the federal government is somehow supreme, if it's not specifically listed as the responsibility of the federal government, then the federal government has no business in it. But we are way down that slippery slope. Yeah, it's uh... – it's just it's getting to the point. But again, that's that's what the whole point of the tour is going to be. One, we're, we're promoting representingme.com and the website. And uh, if people want to know more about the tour, we haven't got a link on that website yet, but they can go to the publishing website that owns uh, representing me, and that's Cebic, S-E-E-B-I-C.com. And that's our publishing company and our Cebic group. 
website and there's uh, information on the tour there and we're going to be posting updates to that and i'm fixing to kick my uh my podcast back into gear and we're going to start talking about the tour on that every week so well it sounds like the plate is full my friend uh before we say our final goodbyes real quick uh throw out any other websites that you need to and if you're inviting people to follow you on social media feel free to share those handles and those platforms as well representingme.com Sebic.com, S-E-E-B-I-C.com, and all of my social media stuff and links are on Sebic.com on the, on the site. Though They can link to everything else I'm on Facebook. And you can also look me up at Sebic or uh, Todd McNutt on, on everything because it's, it's either Sebic, Todd McNutt, or other people's secrets on all the platforms. All right. And uh, just in case somebody out there has been naughty and haven't picked up a copy of the books, uh, you want to remind them where they can find the books? Amazon. Amazon.com. It's available okay. there and look forward to get, hearing, hearing feedback from it. All right. Uh, again, thank you so much, Todd, for coming on. Uh, as always, it's a lot of fun to talk to you, and I appreciate your effort. Uh, as a patriot, you are out there fighting the good fight, sir, and I don't get to speak to enough patriots. I just simply do not. Uh, you're in the fight. You're doing the good work. Godspeed to you, sir. Thank you. When we get on the road, we'll give you updates from the road, too, and we'll, do, we'll come back on the show as we do the tour. I'm absolutely uh, looking forward to it and definitely going to hold you to it. Thank you, sir. I'll do it. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Todd McNutt. And again, you have got to go check it out. You need to to check out the books. If you haven't, uh, Other People's Secrets, uh, fantastic books. The podcast, Other People's Secrets as well, uh, find it. And uh, I don't know what else to say other than the fact that I love this guy. Representing me, uh, get signed up on it, and then start pressuring your local representatives to do the same. Before we sign off for the mid-hour break, I want to take just a quick second to remind you about our friends over at Vanish Holsters. Uh, most comfortable holsters, period. Not my words, the words of thousands of their customers. Go check it out for yourself, though. That is my motto. You can do that by going to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Utilize the backslash T-A-P-P because that will automatically activate for you a $50 discount that is good through the end of August. I'm still hoping to be able to extend that further. I don't have any final word yet. We'll see what happens. Don't procrastinate. Don't risk losing that $50 discount. And uh, again www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. We'll be right back after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Todd McNutt, author and host of Other People's Secrets and founder of RepresentingMe.com. You're listening to Tim Tapp. Tap into the truth. Government schools everywhere are proving to be a parent's worst nightmare. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's Space from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. For decades, devilish leftists have been gradually gaining more negative influence over children, not only here in the United States, but throughout Great Britain as well. 
The good news is that parents everywhere, like Mr. and Mrs. Taylor of Yorkshire, England, who recently took their four-year-old daughter out of school after being berated and called bigots because they preferred their little girl to receive a real start to education instead of being corrupted by educators utilizing a so-called children's book called Granddad's Pride, featuring men in bondage gear. One image in the trashy book depicted two men engaging in gross activities. When the concerned parents broached the topic of their displeasure regarding the school allowing such madness, the school staff blew off the parents' concerns. And that's when Will and Maria Taylor took their child out of school and will either find a more appropriate school or homeschool. Kudos to the Taylors of Yorkshire, England, for doing what all parents must do. Save your children and society. Get the kiddos out of government school. I'm Ron Edwards. These stocks are designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and you grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire, around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalks is to simplify that whole process. In other words, put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key, the idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly. But the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do. Introducing Einstock. Drink. Conquer. Repeat. Skull. Einstock beer is a globally distributed, award-winning Icelandic craft beer. Einstock is created from the Icelandic water that flows from glaciers through lava fields and delivers some of the purest water on Earth. Knowing that beer is 95% water, we source the first and most vital ingredient from the local springs of a mountain that stands guard over the town of Akiari, just 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle. Einstock beer is crafted with locally sourced ingredients, and the brewery runs from the 100% renewable energy sources, geothermal and hydropower. Einstock has become the number one craft beer and also the number one alcohol export from Iceland. Here in the United States, you can find Einstock beer on the shelves at retail chains like ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, Bemmo, Cost Plus World Market, HEB in Texas, Kroger, Publix, Target, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, and Whole Foods, just to name a few. So won't you raise a glass and drink Conquer. Repeat. Skull.
When I invented my pillow, my passion was to help each and every one of you. And 20 years later, all of your support is what keeps us going. Because of you, we've been able to create thousands of USA jobs and help millions get the best sleep ever. To thank you, my employees and I are bringing you a limited edition my pillow. The Giza Elegance My Pillow is made with my patented adjustable fill, the most amazing cotton, and a two-inch pipe gusset. It has four custom loft levels, machine washable and dryable, and you get my 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code TAPP or call 1-800-659-9936. That's MyPillow.com with promo code TAPP. From all of us, here at my pillow Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made Damn you, Hi, I'm Becky Noble. You can find me at gumshoepolitics.substack.com and at redstate.com. You're listening to Tim Tap and Tap in the Truth. Right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for uh, staying with us through that very brief break. Before we get back into the action, I want to take a moment to remind you that if you're concerned about your heart, your memory, or swollen, achy joints, well, then I have an Antarctic Krill Oil Supplement for you. It's uh, been shown to actually help support healthy blood pressure, circulation, brain health, as well as reduce inflammation, swelling, and joint pain. And that's what it's done for me since I've been using it. There's no better time to try it for yourself than right now. Just go to FixSwollenFeet.com to get 58% off Native Path Antarctic Krill Oil. This krill oil is pure, it's effective, and it's easily absorbed by the body. The bioavailability is off the charts. It contains a potent antioxidant that helps reduce inflammation and swelling. I can't promise you that it'll work as well for you as it has for me with the achy joints, but you very well may end up having it work better for you with other things. Only one way to be sure, as I always say at the end of every show, don't take my word for it. See for yourself. Visit FixSwollenFeet.com. Yeah, they've gone back to the old uh, website. I don't know why. I kind of like the other one. Anyway, with that being said, it is time to welcome to the show my next guest. First time for Miss Becky Noble. She is a journalist. Uh, she's been doing the independent thing over at Gumshoe Politics at Substack for a bit. And uh, she has been just 
burning it up over at Red State here lately. If you read Red State on the regular, first and foremost, uh, if you don't, what's wrong with you? But if you do, you have been seeing her do exactly that here lately, including a great article today that we'll start with. But uh, this is where we welcome our guest. So, uh, Becky, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us, and how are you today? I'm good, Tim. Thank you so much for having me on. All right. Well, you know, I, I've been anxious to, to reach out to you for a little bit. I'm glad we finally did it. And uh, I, I do. I'm, I'm absolutely mean it. I, I've been trying to share your stuff uh, online. Of course, you've seen it uh, on some of the social media platforms. Uh, just great stuff you're writing right now. Just just tearing it up. Uh, let's start with uh, today's article uh, where we were reminded by an Obama-appointed uh, judge that uh, parental rights really doesn't mean much to the left. It, it seems not to, you know. And first of all, I mean, I want to thank you so very much for for promoting my work and, and be, being such a believer in it. I, I really – I appreciate it. It means a lot. But, yeah, um, you know, it, Barack Obama told us in, back in 2009, like I said in the piece today, that, that – Elections have consequences, and wow, could we not be finding that out more now than ever, you know? And uh, one of the consequences of of elections is that presidents appoint judges, and liberal presidents are going to appoint liberal judges, and that's that's what's going on here. Now, it's it's going on in Maryland, which which is a pretty blue state, so... You know, you might think, oh, well, you know, that's that's going to happen there. But, you know, it can happen anywhere. There's there's going to be blue judges from from, you know, Democrat presidents popping up all over the place. But um, uh, apparently what what went on here in the Montgomery County, Maryland school district was that um, they had a a policy put in place to where parents could opt their children out of any sort of of having to read material that that referred to the LGBT agenda, uh, gay pride, uh, uh, transgenderism, and, and that kind of thing. And back in March, for some reason, they rescinded that, that policy. And so fast-forwarding a, a few months to July, there was, there was a protest in front of the uh, offices of the school district, and they really are not listening to parents because they decided that they were going to keep this this new no opt out policy in place for for the school year that's just beginning all over the country and um and a judge a judge that was appointed by Joe Biden today uh said yeah yeah they, that's that's not a fundamental right to to uh be able to be involved in what your kids are being being learning and what they're being taught in a public school, yeah. which I, I'm not a parent, but yeah, that would have me at the front door of the office of the school district. Yeah, it's really surprising to me how you know tone deaf the uh, political left in the country seem to be on this issue. 
uh, it's like they completely ignored what happened in Virginia that was uh, about as blue a state as there is, and it was a question of parental rights and school activities that flipped that state into a uh, Republican-dominated state at the moment. Of course, they're still trying to interfere there as well. There was a similar uh, court ruling involving uh, parents there. We've seen California trying to lock down parental rights as well. There is a concerted effort here. We no longer live in a time where we understand those basic fundamentals. Something that you even pointed out before, uh, you now expect to get a blue judge in a blue uh, district. But it's been within our lifetimes, Becky, that, that we saw a judge was appointed, and then regardless of whether they leaned to the right or to the left, when they were doing their job, the only thing that mattered was the letter of the law. And exactly. the perception of justice uh, had nothing to do with how do I feel about it. Right, and that's that's how it should be. Those those judges, regardless of whether they are appointed by a Republican or a president or a Democrat president, their job is to follow the law and to follow the Constitution. And like you said, it's just, uh, you know, in, in this case, you know, there are people, the parents are saying to you, we do not want our children involved with this agenda. We know what you're trying to do. We know what you're trying to force upon them. And it, it's like no one will listen. And what I said at the end of the piece today, and, and I think is probably, you know, again, headed that way. So I'm, again, I'm not a parent, so maybe I don't pay as much attention to it as someone who is. But it seems to me that there are so many options that are either being offered to parents now, options to public schools, or that are going to be in the future. And I think before long, maybe you might see within the next, I don't know, maybe 5, 10, 15 years, that that a lot more parents are going to take advantage of those options, whether it's a parochial school or whether it's charter schools or or, or homeschooling, what what you know, what what have you, that more and more parents are going to be bypassing the public school in their agenda because there very clearly is one. And again, like I said in the piece, that the teachers unions aren't even trying to hide anymore what they're trying to do. It's it's almost it's almost like they say, here's what here's what we're going to do. What are you going to do about it? You know. And so I think that more parents are going to be looking for alternatives to public school and the the sad part about that is that as taxpayers you're still going to be funding that public school but yet you don't see you don't want to send your children there because you don't like their agenda and you don't like what's being taught so it's it's really kind of a bad position to be in if you're a parent yeah Uh, yeah and not only are you absolutely spot on with this but uh The politicians, regardless of which side of the aisle they're on, they already see this coming too, and that's why you see moves in predominantly red states to try and protect ideas like homeschooling and and charter schools and school choice, and you also see in the bluer states efforts to try and eliminate school choice if they are ever going to allow it and where homeschooling has been permitted there are efforts like currently there are three different bills moving forward in california that essentially would uh, criminalize homeschooling not just ban it or stop it but literally criminal and they know that that's what they've got to do to stop the parents from stepping up and taking 
control in such a fashion. But this is just one phase of what's going on. And, you know, you've been uh, you've been spot on with some of this other stuff you've been writing, too. And I wanted to touch on a couple of other articles Uh, you talked very recently about. um, I'm drawing a blank here all of a sudden, but I know I had kind of linked it to something that I had written uh, a few years back, and then I was kind of trying to piggy bank uh, resharing mine off of yours. <laughs> very selfish on my part, I know, but uh, it's a good reminder. But <clears throat> as you, as you're sitting back and you're covering uh, this stuff, what do you see as being the biggest uh, push from the left, and that's the biggest threat to the country as a whole right now because there's so many different little fires, and it seems like it's all meant to be a distraction. What is it behind the scenes that they're trying to hide from us? Well, I think that you can find maybe you can find the heart of it in in what is going on with with Donald Trump right now and all the indictments. Um, I don't think I've, I've seen a lot of stuff today on on social media on X or Twitter or whatever it is they're calling it now. But but I don't think for a minute that first of all the the mugshot thing is going to is backfiring, you know, in a spectacular fashion. But I just don't think that they they realize what what they've gotten into and and. How many? They've they've poked the bear one too many times, and I think I think the mug the mugshot is is the, the 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 last poking of the bear, and and that maybe a lot of people are starting to wake up and see what the Democrat Party stands for and what they don't stand for, who they care about and and who they don't care about. You know, you have people in who in Hawaii right now who have nothing have nothing left, uh, you know, of their possessions but the clothes on their backs. Yet people in Ukraine are being shoveled billions upon billions of dollars. It seems like every month that that you hear that Joe Biden is asking for more money for Ukraine. And I I think there is another reason behind that. And that's probably a whole other topic. But I just think that that the biggest the, the biggest threat really is with within whether you want to call it the deep state or or, you know, the uh, ruling class, whatever it is you want to call it. It's that group of people, that group of people that have such a hatred for just regular Americans, you, you and me, just average people living their lives. They have such a hatred, and it's like they want to punish us for something. I'm, I'm not sure what it is that they want to punish us for. Maybe, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of us have, have the wrong opinion and the wrong views about, about some of their – some of their pet issues and so maybe that's where the 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 feeling of punishment comes in but i think it's it's coming from within it's it's and and if i'm not mistaken ronald reagan said something to that effect that that our greatest threat at some point would come within and even as far back as abraham lincoln you know and i i hope that more and more people as things you know unfortunately like uh you know what what's happened in Hawaii, and, and sometimes it takes something horrible like that for people to wake up and realize what's actually happening. And so, as as more things, more events take place that are making people wake wake up and realize what is going on and what's happening, and and what their elected officials, a lot of them in most cases, 
like I said, whatever you want to call it, this ruling class, what what they seem to have in store for us is really the biggest threat right now. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is a case where they're not really hiding it anymore. They're they're so, showing their disdain. They're they're letting us see yeah. that they fully believe that there are two sets of rules. There's the rules for them and then there's the rules for the rest of us. Uh, and and along that same vein, I think in one of your uh, more recent pieces as well, you made a really good point in the fact that in the Republican debate, we heard some rather silly stuff. We didn't yeah. hear anybody yeah. really talk about election integrity. And I think until we can right. really get involved with election integrity and we're allowed to actually pursue it, I don't know that we're going to have the kind of faith in elections moving forward that's going to allow us to avoid uh, civil unrest. I agree. I agree with you. I and and I I don't remember where I heard it. It was it was sometime yesterday, but I saw it was probably somebody on TV that that said that they felt like that something is brewing, and that's that's the perfect the perfect description for it, and. Yeah, I mean that that is it was very surprising to me too as I watched the debate that that there was there was not one one question about election integrity. And if if Americans don't feel like that their vote is counting or, or that the election is being run in a fair manner that that it's why even bother to vote? And that's going to be bad. If enough people have that feeling, that's going to be bad. And I think the other thing, sadly enough, is in this day and age, after 2020, I mean, you know, you can whether what what went on during the 2020 election, like I said, is going to be debated for a long time. I mean, people have their opinions and you can you're free to believe what you think happened or didn't happen about it. But again, if, if you don't have election integrity and the majority, I think I've seen a couple of polls where a lot of people are just assuming that Democrats are going to cheat again, you know, and yeah, maybe you can't you're, you're never going to completely get rid of election fraud. It, it's maybe it's an imperfect process run by imperfect people. But, you know, it's it's the, the fact that that a, a good number of Americans believe that one political party is they just assume that they're going to cheat. We're in big trouble already if if that's if that's true, if that's really the the mood of a lot of Americans. Yeah. You know, I, but, the thing that's most surprising to me, though, Becky, is that when we talk about election integrity, that should be a bipartisan issue. And I will point oh. to the 2000 election. I will point to Stacey Abrams whining in Georgia about not being governor. Uh, I'll point to Hillary Clinton. It's not like Democrats don't feel like. They, there needs to be more uh, security, more protocols, and less outside interference. They agree on those terms when their people lose. They just want to act like if it's the other side winning that there's no other explanation. And that just brings us back around to why can't we agree then that we need to secure the elections? Exactly. It, I, you're completely right. It should be a bipartisan uh, issue and and everyone should be concerned about it and yeah i as i was researching uh it was probably for the election integrity piece as i was researching that 
I ran across a tweet from the uh, from the Republican Party, and it was a video, and it was I think it was roughly twelve twelve minutes twelve minutes of Democrats denying election results and and uh, in, insisting that that the election was somehow rigged or or stolen or you know pick a word, but. You're right. You're absolutely right. It should be a bipartisan effort for everyone to make sure that that our elections are are fair and honest. Because, you know, we're, we're there's not a lot of places in the world that that take that seriously, and it, it's something that that you're right. Everyone should be concerned about. Well, but, Becky, uh, you know the the great thing about a good conversation is it goes by really fast, and. <laughs> That way, you know, if it feels like you just got started, you know it was a good conversation. Uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Real quick, remind everybody where they can find your work. Uh, if you're inviting people to follow you on social media, feel free to share the platforms and the handles that you want to. And uh, as you're doing that, any final thoughts you want to put out for tonight, uh, feel free to do that as well. Well, again, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter at Becky Noble 65. Um, I'm of course at gumshoepolitics.substack.com, and I am at redstate.com. There's tons of amazing people that I work with at Red State. Lots of talented people, and there's lots of really insightful and really well-written pieces there. So, yeah, definitely check that out. And uh, yeah, just thanks. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. And thanks for being such a cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you make that part easy because you're doing the hard work. Uh, you're doing great writing. Uh, I, I'm a little thank jealous. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, I like to write. I don't have enough time to write. So then I turn around and I see somebody uh, doing it and knocking it out of the park. I'm simultaneously rooting for you and thinking to myself, why didn't I do that? So you're doing the good stuff. Uh, I would love to have you back on on a fairly regular basis as long as time allows and you're amicable to it. Uh, so if you have sure. no objections, I'll definitely be reaching out to you again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I would definitely appreciate it. Yeah, wow. thank you so much. All right. Thank you as well. I'm sure the uh, listeners have enjoyed the conversation. I know I have and look forward to getting together again. Godspeed to you, Becky. Thank you, Tim. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Becky Noble. Uh, she, like I said, she's knocking it out of the park over at Red State. And uh, check out her uh, Substack too. Uh, a lot of great writing going on. She is good at what she does, guys. I, I do not, uh, I do not exaggerate. I, I don't often pick somebody. Uh, and just keep sharing and keep sharing. Lots of times you'll see a few folks show up uh, again. Uh, Doug's trying to send me a message, and I, I'm not catching. It's a little blurry, Doug. It's a little blurry. Uh, <laughs> he, he's doing what he can. He'll let me know here in a minute. But, uh, you know, again, just check it out. Becky Noble knocking it out of the park. And speaking of knocking it out of the park, she mentioned that mugshot. That mugshot... That's going to be history, guys. If you can get merchandise, and believe me, there's already a ton of merchandise out there, uh, get what you can, put it away. That is history. That's going to be worth something. Uh, we are living at the times where we're, we're reaching that pivotal moment because this is either A, the moment that 
the republic, well, the former republic that was the United States of America, finally teetered over completely in the open to a banana republic, or it's the moment where the American people finally woke up enough to hit the brakes and start holding people accountable. And that's what we are trying to work for here. That's what people like Todd McNutt's working for. That's what people like Becky Noble's working for. That's what Doug over in Control Panel, he's working for that too. He is doing things that you guys wouldn't possibly imagine. And while he's doing it, he's out in the 112-degree heat making it happen because he's working down in Louisiana. Whoo! I thought it was hot here. It's hot down in uh, Louisiana. <laughs> it's seriously hot with the humidity. All kidding aside, though, it's just serious stuff. We have to make certain that we either step up or that we're prepared. One or the other. Be prepared to be in an unreparable, unrepairable collapsed, failed republic, or step up. There is still time to save it and still time to do it without requiring civil unrest, without requiring full-blown hostilities. I mean, of the physical and possible firearm variety. We're still there. There's going to be hostility. There's plenty of hostility on their part. But we can still do this. And part of that is staying informed, and part of that is being prepared. Becky's doing her part to try to make sure you stay informed. I'm trying to do the same. Ron Edwards is trying to. Uh, you got Ann Ubellis over at Southern Sense. You got a ton of folks that are out there working. And as we approach the uh, election cycle, we continue to see this strange occurrence where we're going to have one <laughs> – one person possibly in jail as they campaign, and another guy who should be in jail or in a nursing home, one or the other. Uh, quick programming note uh, for next week. We're looking to have Wayne Black on. He is a school safety expert. We are looking to have Lieutenant Governor Winsome Shears from Virginia on with us very briefly. And uh, in the second hour, we are scheduled to have Mr. Matt Fitzgibbons join us. So that's what we're looking forward to next week. So you guys have a reason to tune back in again. Uh, it should be an interesting conversation. Um, I have not, I have not heard, oh, <laughs> Doug's talking to me about Ann. Yeah, I haven't heard from Ann very much lately either. Uh, she's been doing her show. I, I do need to reach out to her. It's about time to have her back on here with us. She uh, doesn't like doing the Friday night thing, though. Can't blame her. Friday nights, if you can get out and enjoy life, do it. Uh, check out the podcast later all right guys we're just about to the point where we're going to have to reset the hour as always i appreciate you being here i don't want you to go away be sure to hang out with us because as we jump into hour number two we are scheduled to have susan daniels on and we're still expecting to have her but ordinarily we have a little communication on the day up beforehand we haven't had it so hopefully We'll have her. If not, guess what? I do have something that's got me a little hot and bothered, and we'll be talking about that instead. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. I know I'm going to find 
This is Tim Tap, host of Tap Into the Truth that you can hear every Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on the K-Star Talk Radio Network, Liberty Talk FM, ZMA Radio, and the Vera Network. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for being here as we dive headlong into hour number two of Tap Into The Truth. Uh, it's Friday night. We're doing this thing live as we always do on Friday nights. It's my little uh, my little opportunity to vent here and there. And I love getting to have all these different guests come on. And really glad we were able to get Becky on. Uh, I've been wanting to invite her for a while, and now we've uh, had her on and feel pretty good about it. I hope you guys enjoyed the hearing from her. Of course, uh, you know, we had Todd on uh, earlier than that, and Todd McNutt, it's just his second visit on the show, but man, I love talking to that guy too. And that's the great thing about doing a talk show, is you get to talk to a lot of great people, and you occasionally get to kind of set back and let these folks do their thing. Um, it's just phenomenal. Uh, I'm kind of looking over... Uh, I'm trying to say, uh, have we uh, gotten a hold of uh, of Susan? No. I haven't tried yet. I try. I told her uh, at minute seven I'll try calling her. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, I just know sometimes when when we're concerned, <laughs> we might try a little early. But that's good. That's good. That's great. Okay. So that gives me just enough time to talk to you about. Our friends over at Vanish Holsters. I kind of did the very, very short bit for them as we were going into uh, our first guest. So let's give them a little more time to start off this hour. Uh, they certainly deserve it. They've got a great product. Uh, if you're anything like me as a gun owner, you've probably done this number. All right. Uh, bear with me. I, I'm telling you from my personal experience, uh, if you guys haven't had this happen to you, don't tell me. I like thinking that I'm not the only one. So what happens is you'll have your new sidearm and you're thinking, oh, this is great. It's awesome. I'm going to carry it all the time. And you get a holster for it that you think is absolutely perfect. But then once you try to, to carry, 
the thing's just so gosh darn uncomfortable, and there's nothing you can do with it to the point that you kind of start talking yourself out of carrying. Now, that's problematic, guys. As you know, the surest path to tyranny is to give up your guns. The fastest way to become a victim of a violent crime is to not have your firearm on you when you need it. If you face that very bad, no good, terrible situation where you do not have your firearm on you, but you have to stand up and defend yourself, your family, your friends, your neighbors, even your property, then you're at a terrible disadvantage. The bad guys aren't going to be playing fair to begin with. Don't let comfort be the roadblock between you and your God-given, constitutionally protected right to self-defense and to carry a firearm. So what I'm suggesting you do is go visit our friends over at Vanish Holster. You do that by going to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Very important to use the backslash T-A-P-P. You do that, it automatically activates for you a $50 discount. And in the age of Bidenomics, who can afford not to save money? Now, that $50 discount is still good through the end of August. I'm still trying to see if I can't talk them into extending it. I can't make any promises. But go see it. The, the, the Vinish holsters are designed to operate without needing a tactical belt. They'll hold two magazines besides nearly all semi-automatic handguns. And it's the most comfortable holster out there. Not my words, thousands of their customers. So again, visit them at www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. And, ladies and gentlemen, we do have with us our uh, final guest of the evening. Uh, she was with us not too long ago when she was talking about her brand new book, The Rubbish Collector's Wife versus Barack Obama. She is a, uh, well, she had been practicing as a private investigator for a very long time, got a lot of great cases. We talked to her then about coming back and talking about some of those cases. Uh, so ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show, Miss Susan Daniel. Susan, thanks for coming back and uh, hanging out with us again. How are you? I'm good, Tim. Thank you for having me back again. I appreciate it. Well, you know, and, uh, you, just, you, you just can I give my book a plug before we start? Uh, it's the rubbish hauler's wife versus Barack Obama, and it's at Amazon.com. All right, yeah, absolutely. I was definitely going to give you that opportunity anyway. In fact, oh. I wanted to start out <laughs> asking you about how uh, the the book sales are going, what kind of updates it, we have. It on actually, that. actually, it's going really well. I mean. Unexpectedly well, let me put it that way, considering I had never written a book before. And, uh, you know, but there's a lot of conservatives out there now, and they're they're getting more upset by the day by everything the Democrats are doing. So people, the minute they see, you know, Obama's name, they get very interested in it. Yeah. Well, it's like I said when you were on with us a couple of weeks ago. As I see any title, and it's something, something, something versus Barack Obama. I'm instantly <laughs> uh, curious, and I'm definitely rooting for whoever the something, something was. Once I got to talk to you. Uh, well, good. I'm glad to hear that. 
Once I got to talk to you, the rubbish collector's wife sounds like a, a freaking hero to me. <laughs> so glad to have you on. I'm glad to have uh, the uh, update too, because uh, it is something that there's a lot of things that people have kind of brushed under the rug that have just flat out ignored about Obama and his time in office, and. A lot of people now pretend like none of that's important anymore because, you know, he's not in office anymore. But every single aspect of the Obama administration is still in full effect under the current administration. And if we do not elect someone other than a Democrat, whoever is next in line, it will probably continue down that same line. And I have no doubt. I'm pretty sure you have no doubt. The the issue here is they want to destroy the American Republic as she was founded because the Constitution stands in the way between their inclinations of power and authority and uh, the American people. Absolutely. Well, the thing that one of the things that spurred me on to write this book was that all the conversation now about Michelle possibly being the Democrat candidate. And I wanted people to know all the underhanded things that Barack Obama had done and uh, not only wrote about him through the book, but the, the last chapter, like, does a recap of everything everything that's in the book. Because the trouble is, people hear things about him one at a time, and it doesn't look like much. But when you see everything together, it's really bad. You know, starting with his use of a stolen Social Security number, that's a felony. We had a felon in the White House. Not only that, we had somebody who was not even a, a, not even a citizen in the White House. In my book, I, uh, I talk about where I think he was born. I know he was absolutely Kenya's out of the question uh, because, his, because Ann Dunham showed up in Seattle uh, two weeks after he was born. And nobody, there's no way she went from Kenya to, to Seattle with a two-week-old baby because her friend there said she didn't even know how to change the diaper. And, she, and he was not born in Hawaii because there's only two hospitals there where he could have been born, and neither one will claim him. Uh, I think that he was born I, – I found a letter in his father's if, – if Obama Sr. was his father, uh, he, I found a letter in his immigration file, and it said that, Aunt, that his wife, uh, who was not really his wife because Barack Obama Sr. was already married when he got to Hawaii, uh, the letter said that his wife was making arrangements with the Salvation Army to give the baby up for adoption. Well, I know she hadn't been seen in Hawaii pregnant. There's no pictures of her there. Uh, and I, I started looking around Seattle to see if there was a Salvation Army home. And there wasn't in anywhere in wa the state of Washington, but there was 160 miles away in Vancouver, British Columbia. And I think that that's where she went uh, for four or five months to hide to have this baby. Now, the problem became they they, they tested the blood of all the newborn babies, and they would only let 100% white babies be adopted. Um, and it didn't have to do with blacks. It had to do with uh, people did not want babies who were part Eskimo or Inuit. So she would not have been allowed to give her baby up for adoption. And that's how I think she ended up keeping him.
And then I was I talked to somebody that worked there, and I asked about birth certificates, and she told me that in the early '90s there was a big fire, and all the all the paperwork, everything was destroyed in the fire. I don't think he ever. I don't think he. I think they had to make a birth certificate for him because he actually does not have one. Well, that would certainly makes sense because the one that has been presented after he was in office, such an obvious forgery. Oh, it yeah. has the hospital name listed incorrectly, and that alone is enough to to show that it's just not real. But you know, again, we start talking about that, and all of a sudden. Uh, everybody starts saying, well, look, listen to those loons. Those are those crazy folks, those birther people. Well, you know what? I well, proudly I proudly wear my tinfoil hats. I have plenty of them. <laughs> and too. what's even well, better. I'll tell you what, just, everything in my book, I can document. I, you know, I've been, a, it, as you said, I've been a licensed investigator for 30 years. And the most important thing is you don't say anything unless you can prove it. And I would be, I'd be insane to write a book and put all these things in if I couldn't document a, or at least substantiate what I'm saying. I can't prove that he was born in Vancouver, but every sig, every sign points in that direction, because he could he could not come up with a Hawaii one because there wasn't one there for him. And and the one he showed is obviously a phony because it didn't even have the uh, the notary stamp imprint on it. Yeah. yeah, lots and lots of questions abound, and nobody wants to push for those answers. But you know that's part of what I really love about you, Susan. You employ that <laughs> private you. investigator uh, mindset to everything, and you've got that response. Uh, it's not a conspiracy theory when you get proven correct over and over again, and that's what I really like to try and reiterate. I, I wear the badge proudly. It's like you can call me whatever you want to uh, as long as at the end of the day uh, it comes out that uh, we've gotten the actual facts and you're still trying to make excuses and hide, and, and that's what you've yep. done with the book. Yeah, I, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm very, uh, I'm very proud of the book. It, you know, it starts. It, it's actually a memoir, and it starts where I started in life, with, which was at the age of thirty, uh, I was widowed, and left with seven children. The oldest was ten. The youngest was fourteen months, and uh, my husband owned a rubbish hauling company, and that's where I got the name, the rubbish hauler's wife. So I was widowed and left, had no money. He died. He was only 37, so he died without a will. And they, the lawyers kept his estate. He, he had a big rubbish company. The lawyers kept his estate in probate court for seven and a half years. And all that time, I, I was getting no money out of it. But they were. Yeah. <laughs> Which explains my disdain for most attorneys. <laughs> well, um, before <clears throat> excuse me, I suddenly had a frog in my throat. Uh, before we get into anything else, Susan, how much time do you have tonight? Because I, I have to admit, I wanted to be a little greedy with you tonight, but I still have to be respectful. Oh, I have, I have nothing but time. I said, I set aside tonight just for you, just in case you wanted to go farther. 
Well, I, um, I was hoping I, to I, dig into some of those cases because, you know, you, you had just from our conversation before I could tell you probably had come across a few doozies and, and we talked about you coming back and, uh, uh, going into some of those with us. So I hope you're ready for that. Um, at this point, you've already mentioned licensed investigator for over 30 years. Uh, you, right. you don't get to do that that long without being good at it. What would you say was your most challenging uh, investigation that you were involved with? Actually, it was it was the unpaid work I did on Obama because I spent – uh, you know, I don't know if you remember or not, but I filed a lawsuit in 2012 against him in the state of Ohio to try and keep him off the presidential ballot. And, um, I mean, I was hired to do that by a, a good client of mine, and I charged him $1 to do the work. He wanted a background on Obama. And I started in 2009, and, and I've been working on him for 14 years collecting information. But in 2012... It took me it took me probably three months to prepare the lawsuit I filed, and I did it myself because I had no money to hire an attorney. But I was determined to try and keep him off our ballot. <clears throat> and uh, the lawsuit was the the complaint part was 18 pages long, but I included 83 pages of documents proving everything I said in the lawsuit. And, you know, as, as we all know, nothing came of it, but nobody, nobody, nobody came after me from the government either saying that I was wrong because yeah. I wasn't. Well, you know, if you document everything and they're legitimate documents, there's not much they oh, can yeah. do but to try to either ignore it or discredit you. And sometimes just trying to ignore you is the better route for them. Just because oh, yeah. they know if, if they uh, try to discredit you, it's just going to put more eyes on your claims. They start looking at your documentation, and suddenly they're going to have a whole lot more people questioning them instead of just trying to brush it off. Right. Well, what's interesting, especially with the book, is on Amazon you can you can read the book. If you read the book, you can then rate it from one to five stars. And the book started out really well with all five stars, and then it started to hit a couple of fours. Now it's got one, twos, and threes. And I'm told by uh, the writer, Jack Cashel, that uh, he said, oh, no, that's a compliment. He said, that means the other side has, has is now aware of you and is trying to drag your score down to make it look bad. He said, take it as a compliment. Absolutely. I, I love Jack, by the way. I've gotten to talk to him a couple of times uh, fairly oh, recently. He's great. Uh, he's great. For, uh, yeah. One. But uh, he, he, he's absolutely he right. Me down. He, he tracked me down over the Social Security number in, in 2011, and we've been friends ever since then. Yeah. yeah he's, he's a great the one guy. that encouraged me and to write the book. What, what, what I really liked, though, is the fact that, you know, when you realize that they've started to notice you that yep. again it, it's it's like the old saying when you're taking uh, enemy fire that means you're over the target so just <laughs> keep going you you have got them uh, it, it's so astounding though it, when you started looking into this 
What was your trigger point, though, that made you decide that no matter what, you couldn't let it go? What was the, that tripping point? It was it was the first ten minutes that I worked on it because I have because I'm licensed by the state. Um, I have access to these proprietary databases that 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 people normally cannot access, and it it, it it'll include. Uh, information like social security numbers and things like that, which I, you know, I'm, I'm allowed to get because because I am licensed. Um, anyhow, I I I told I told my client I said I'm not going to find anything on him. He's already in office. He's already been sworn in, but I'll try. And within about ten minutes, I found the Connecticut social security number that he uses and instantly recognized that it was fraudulent because he had to have one from Hawaii. It said the number had been assigned or issued in 1977 to uh, somebody in Connecticut. And uh, it, it, from 1936 to 2011, numbers were assigned by the address that you put on the application to apply for a Social Security number. And in 1977, he was 15 years old and in school, in, in high school in Hawaii. And I knew, I knew instantly, and that's all it took because I, it, it's just that was that was the most important thing I could find, and it amazed me that whoever made up all his phony documents to try and pretend about his past did made such a stupid error, because then that number shows up on his phony uh, selective service application. I mean, they put it all over everything, and it couldn't have poss- it could not possibly be. I mean, you know, there are people that want they they tried to tell me in the beginning, well, no, you can't be right because the FBI would have known about it. Well, what do we know about the FBI now? They're, they're, they're as, as corrupt as, as the CIA is. You know, they're not to be trusted. But that's what that's what started me down that path. And I thought, well, I'm just going to take this all the way. And still, I mean, as recently as within the past couple of weeks, I've written about him in American Thinker, and um, uh, he's just he's he's just a, a very bad person. His wife is worse than he is, and I am just I'm worried that she's going to be their candidate and that they'll steal another election. Yeah. We've got just a few minutes before it's time for our, uh, to take our mid-hour break, but uh, I, I did want to touch on it, and if we don't have time to finish, we can pick it up on the other side. Uh, obviously, all of these efforts to try and cover uh, his actual identity and all this have been ongoing since he was very young. What do you think was the initial purpose behind all of this fraudulent activity, and do you think it's of a nefarious purpose why it continues or is it just a case of somebody else had already started it and he doesn't have a legitimate route to go a different way well he he was the manchurian candidate from the start i mean his they had planned his life along the path a long time ago i i he never he never went to columbia they want to tell you that that he that he 
graduated at Occidental and then transferred to Columbia. He did not graduate from Occidental, and I have a document from the from their publication saying that he didn't. That he he actually only took four or five classes there, and I don't even know if he passed them. But I spoke to a teacher from Columbia that had taught there for forty six years. He t- was a history teacher, and he said every po- political science major that went to that college took two or three of his classes and that was what uh, Obama declared that he was political science this guy told me that he never saw him on campus he never heard his name he said I asked every other uh, professor in in our uh, in, in our uh, in the history department they had never heard of him had never seen him and he told me uh, I talked to him when he was 93 years old. He told me, the dean of the school told me, I never heard of this guy, but I was told to sign his diploma, so I did. Yeah. So he 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 went to Harvard Law School without any kind of degree, not even an associate degree. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Of course, you can only get away true. with it if uh, you're in a certain ilk and if you have the right people pulling the uh, strings for you uh, it's just yep. astounding okay. to me though i i, I just look at the Bidens. We, i'm at, sitting here trying look. to think uh, it's just i can't think of any good uh you know i try to come up with a possible benefit of the doubt scenario and i can't think of anything that would possibly be just a benefit of the doubt scenario uh, at all that that makes any sense. Clearly, there was nefarious purposes from the beginning. Uh, Susan, yep. stay right where you are. Uh, we're going to have to take a break. Before we slide into the break, though, I want to remind everybody that our friends over at 4 com they've got everything you might need in the event of natural disasters, civil unrest. If you need emergency food supplies, they got you covered. You need backup electricity to keep your medical devices running or your refrigerators going, they got you covered. And they've got solar options so that it'll be silent. You don't have to draw any attention. If you are concerned about water purification, they got you covered there too. Trust me, things go sideways, you need to be prepared. Four Patriots will help make sure that you are. Visit them over at fourpatriots.com and use promo code TAP, T-A-P-P, at checkout to save yourself 10%. Uh, in the age of Bidenomics, who can afford not to save money? That's the number four, patriots.com. Promo code TAP, T-A-P-P. We'll be right back. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. As government elitists conjure up their evil plots and plans to put us back on lockdowns, many brave souls are saying, No way! Jose! Hello, I'm 
Ron Edwards on today's Space from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Lawmakers in Florida recently announced they have decided via legislation to outlaw coronavirus 19 shots. That's according to SGT News Network. The Brevard Republican Executive Committee has urged presidential contender Ron DeSantis to please sign the legislation. The Florida lawmakers considers the coronavirus shots to be bioweapons. After learning the ingredients of the shots, I tend to agree. The Florida lawmakers also noted that shots are simply hazardous to human health. You know what else is hazardous to human health? Wearing masks at airports and on long flights, in stores, or anywhere else for that matter. The only thing that masks achieve are making people unhealthy from breathing back in their own carbon monoxide, creating a sense of isolation, and protecting criminals from identification. We the people are obligated to stand together and say nope to any lockdowns and mask mandates. Because if we don't stand against such madness, we will merely exist in utter misery. I'm Ron Edwards. Second Skull is a protective headgear company with a patented line of impact-reducing products. At Second Skull, we focus on head protection as our only priority so that we can be the absolute best at it. With an estimated 2.8 million Americans sustaining a traumatic brain injury each year and a half a million children being treated in the ER each year for a head injury, there have been recent declines in athletic participation levels. We believe that concerns and fears of head injuries are factors contributing to these declines in activity levels. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. Our product line of thin, lightweight, breathable, and practical solutions are each tested at independent and accredited laboratories. These products are patented and proven. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hello, my name is Tyler Boone, singer-songwriter and founder of the award-winning Homegrown Boone's Bourbon label out of Charleston, South Carolina. In just four years, Boone's Bourbon has been awarded some incredible awards, such as the Platinum Los Angeles, Double Gold New York, Gold Las Vegas, Silver Denver, and also named Top Six in the World in Forbes. We're also being featured in Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine, American Songwriter, and we're also now available in 24 states all across the country. So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, and we hope to see you soon. When I invented my pillow, my passion was to help each and every one of you. And 20 years later, all of your support is what keeps us going. Because of you, we've been able to create thousands of USA jobs and help millions get the best sleep ever. To thank you, my employees and I are bringing you a limited edition My Pillow. 
The Giza Elegance My Pillow is made with my patented adjustable fill, the most amazing cotton, and a two-inch pipe gusset. It has four custom loft levels, machine washable and dryable, and you get my 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. Go to mypillow.com and use promo code TAPP or call 1-800-659-9936. That's mypillow.com with promo code TAPP. From all of us here at my pillow. You're listening to Tap into the Truth. This is Matt Fitzgibbons. This is Amy Hallam. This is AZ. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are indeed sharing as we now dive headlong into the final segment of tonight's live show. So thank you for being here. As always, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, Before I go into uh, my next sponsor uh, where I have to read, I do want to tell you I I have a small uh, beef with the – with the my pillow folks, you see, we're promoting their new Giza Dream Pillow, but they just sent me a my pillow 2.0 to sample, so I didn't get the new top of the line thing that I'm promoting for these people. I, I'm pouty about it. Now I want to remind you that I'm pouting while I'm enjoying uh, the moccasin my pillow slippers they sent me. I'm enjoying the towels they sent. The sheets are awesome, uh, and the the my pillow 2.0 is really really nice too. But I'm still going to be pouty because I didn't get the brand new special edition. That, that's that's how I roll. <laughs> All right. Before uh, we get back to Susan, and we've got to do that quickly, I do have one more sponsor that we have to uh, make sure that you guys are familiar with before we uh, move on to the conversation. And that, of course, once again, our friends over at Native Path. Now, do you have health concerns? Then you know that right now, the woke medical field, you can't necessarily trust them like you could just a few short years ago. You've got to take your health into your own hands. So are you concerned about heart disease, blood clots, strokes, kidney failure? Well, those are things that you can find on the back of a bottle of ibuprofen as a possible side effect. And to top it off, ibuprofen doesn't even get to the main cause of your pain. certainly doesn't help you with the swelling problems. It's only temporary relief at best. It's masking the problem, which is inflammation. What you need is a solution. And right now you can go to stopmyinflammation.com backslash T-A-P-P. This one still works. uh, To learn more about a special offer for listeners of the Tap Into The Truth show. When we're talking about ibuprofen, when we're talking about Tylenol, we're talking about things that are not only ineffective as far as trying to help solve the real problem, they can be dangerous, especially if you're a senior. Uh, Take full advantage of the omega-3 fatty acids that are in the Antarctic krill oil supplement from Native Path. Go check out the special offer for listeners of Tap Into The Truth at stopmyinflammation.com backslash T-A-P-P. Uh, we'll do that right now. Uh, 
All right, now it is time for us to bring back on uh, our guest here for the second hour. Uh, she is a 30-year licensed private investigator in the state of Ohio, and she's the author of The Rubbish Collector's Wife versus Barack Obama. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, Miss Susan Daniels. Susan, before we jump into anything else, I want you to one more time remind people where they can find the book. And I know last time you were on, you weren't doing too much on social media. If that's changed any at all, you're welcome to share that information as well. Yeah, I, I do have a website. It's just susandanielspi.com. Uh, and it's got all my contact information if anybody ever wants to get hold of me. Um, and uh, it, the, my book, uh, the, rubbish haulers, uh, the, the Rubbish Hauler's Wife versus Barack Obama, is only on Amazon.com. Uh, but it's in t- Kindle or paperback uh, editions. Um, now, I wonder, I don't know if you want to change the subject to get off Barack Obama for a minute, but I have a lot of information about that fire on Maui, uh, if you want to talk about that, because everything you're reading about it in the news is a lie. Yeah. Well, uh, we had a guest from Maui on uh, just last week, and uh, if you'll forgive the pun, he was hot. And not because of the fire. He was angry over what was going on out oh, there. Yes. And he, oh, yeah. he said that a lot of what we're being told is incorrect. So, yes, by all means, feel free to jump right in right there. Okay. Well, this is, you know, I have, I have, because I've been in business so long, I have a lot of contacts in a lot of different places. So I have had a lot of firsthand information given to me. And uh, the state is doing nothing to help these people. Uh, the county is some of the wonderful things that people in the county are doing are like builders have opened all their model homes for people for for people from Lahaina who got burned out to stay at. Uh, everybody is doing uh, everything they can to help, but this is what bothers me. They're lying about the number of dead people. They keep saying it's like 111, 114. However, they ran out of body bags the other day, and they had 450 to start with. Now, I don't know about you, but I can't make the math only be 111 people and use 450 body bags. Now, this, this is the worst part. I saw an interview the other day with the mayor, and uh, the mayor of uh, on Maui, and the, the uh, reporters were asking him how many children are missing. And he, this is 12 days after the fire, and he's saying, well, we don't know. And that's an absolute lie. They do know. Um, this, the elementary, the King Kamehameha Elementary School there burned to the ground. The kids were not in school that day because none, nobody was in school because there was no electricity. So the, uh, the governor said there were 650 kids that went to that school. That means 650 elementary school kids stayed home that day, and they were, were either home alone or home with their grandparents because all their parents go to work. Uh, that fire swept through, I'm told, with the 80-mile-an-hour winds at a rate of a mile a minute, that the whole fire was over in an hour. Now, there's 650 kids 
and I I wrote an I wrote an article the other day, and I said, where are the 650 children? You know, they're trying to say that there was a, a seven-year-old boy who, who died in a car with his family. But when they asked the mayor how many children, where were the children, he said, uh, you know, I, they said, how many are missing? And he said, I don't know. And they said, what do you mean you don't know? And he said, well, I, I, you know, if I knew, I'd tell you. What What people are afraid of is that there's actually... Six or eight hundred people dead there, and half of them are children, and they don't want anybody to know that. And I mean, it's disgraceful. They are lying about everything. The all the leadership for that island was on Oahu at a seminar the day that fire went off, and then they they have eighty sirens there that they never set off as a warning. Uh, the guy in charge, who is in charge of that department, said, "Well, uh, we only use them for tsunamis, and I didn't want people to think they should run up into the hills because that's where the fires were." Well, the guy is an idiot, and somebody said to him, "After all, after all these people died." He said, uh, "You know, are you? I, I, I do you regret your decision?" He said, "No, I don't." You know, just and it, well, he did get fired immediately because it it was such a stupid thing to say. But there, it's going to turn out to be. Uh, they have no idea how many tourists were there, and that's where all the tourists go. They there is Hawaii had the second largest homeless population in the country, and they were on Maui, and. Uh, they were all up in the, the Lahaina area. They have no idea how many people were even up there, you know, besides the 2,200 houses that burned. And, and they don't know how many people were in there. It, everything about this whole thing is very suspect, you know, especially with them lying and hiding the numbers. But the trouble is one of them will say some at the same day that the mayor said the other day that 850 were missing the governor said there were 1100 missing and then all of a sudden today they say there's 338 people missing and that the fbi has put the list together which immediately tells me don't believe a word of what they're saying yeah yeah one of the saddest stories that i saw from this uh, was the story of a woman who had went to her job and she was desperately trying to get back home they wouldn't allow her uh, past a checkpoint uh, she told them hey look my my child is still at the house i've got to get to him and uh, they insisted no we're not going to let you through uh, we've already cleared the area there's nobody left there and then once oh. they finally started letting people back in she got to her home she found the remains of her son yep obviously crouching with the family dog and the fire had went by so quickly they couldn't go anywhere anyway but it's just heartbreaking to know what these people have gone through and so much even if i give the best level of benefit of the doubt so much of this still boils down to incompetence and stupidity yeah. people who are well, supposed to be in positions of authority refuse to do their jobs for one reason or the other and i think that's the biggest thing they're trying to cover up right now is just how totally oh, yeah. inept they were well they have the guy i didn't realize that they had to to release water 
from different areas. And the guy who was in charge of that withheld the water for five hours that would have filled the ponds for the firemen to use. Um, I mean, everything, they, they did not, the electric company did not shut off the electricity to the poles that were falling and starting more fires. I mean, every, it's, you know what, it's too many things went wrong at the same time. None of the people are on the island that are supposed to be, and then none of them reacted for five hours. I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's just horrible what they did. Um, I was told that the Red Cross, people tried to start taking donations immediately to the people that were still stuck in Lahaina, but people couldn't get through to them because cars were, uh, burned out cars were blocking the way and, and telephone poles were down. But there were people that were going to go and take food and, and clothing, whatever they could, and the Red Cross stopped them because they said, no, we, we do that. Well, I... I love it because the Aloha spirit, what they did is people took their own private boats and all the donations were taken to Kihei Beach and the, the, the boats were loaded, the individual's boats were loaded with the donations and they went up the coast the 10 miles to Lahaina and people up there then waded out into the water and I was told that there were hundreds of boats and they went all night long taking food and, and diapers and clothes and everything that people, they, I said donate, or I was told donations came from everywhere. Volunteers came from all over the world to help. I know I'm, I'm here in, in, outside of Cleveland, and I know that I heard that, uh, like, uh, uh, they hit, were sending three dogs there to try and help find bodies. But, but the, the fire burned so hot, it was 2,000 degrees that it was melting the cars. And I, I just, out of curiosity, I looked up to see what this temperature had to be to cremate a body, and it's 12 to 1600 degrees. And if a body is smaller, it takes less time to do it. They're not gonna find, they're not gonna find hundreds and hundreds of people who were actually cremated in this thing. And what they're going to do is go in there within a couple of days, I, I suspect, and start saying, well, we can't find anybody else, and start plowing, plowing it up and, and hauling, hauling the ashes away. I was told that, that ashes, that there were nothing but ashes and bones of people, and that they were shoveling them, shoveling them into body bags. Yeah. You know, I get, and then I get back to the 111 dead, but they use 450 body bags. Yeah, no, the, the math doesn't <laughs> add up. I've heard those same uh, stories about uh, incineration. Uh, but, you know, that also leads to me uh, uh, to another question, and that is why would a wildfire, uh, especially once it gets in town, why would it be burning that hot? Uh, what is going well, on there? Because the wind I mean, was so I, high, I, I think. I think because the wind was so high and the poles were falling down and still the wires were still live, so they kept starting new fires. It, it just, like, I, like I was told, it took an hour. The whole thing was done over in an hour. Damn. I mean, think about how these were old, old buildings. And, you know, the thing that made me very suspicious, the, the rents in Hawaii are very, very expensive. Um, I know somebody there that's renting a two-bedroom apartment and paying $3,700 a month. 
they there was a lot of subsidized housing for old people in Lahaina, and it said the one guy who is missing, he was paying $177 a month. So they were all subsidized. Developers have wanted this land for a long time, and and that's what makes makes everything so suspicious about how everything went wrong on the same day. You know, they, they, people should be charged criminally for some of the things that they did and the things they didn't do that they were required to do. And then the and then what really irritated me was the governor. Uh, the first thing he says, well, you know, climate change is here. And uh, I, I, I went right through the roof. I thought, you know, you liberals, you, 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 you're trying to push that green green on. It turns out the governor's name is Green, by the way. They're trying to put that, push that green energy on us. They're, they're, they're doing everything they can to destroy the country. And it, 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 it just it makes me sick. You know, That's what can we do? Part of what's irritating to me here, too, is the fact that they want to talk about climate change being responsible. Well, it is green energy that is part of the issue. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about how uh, the Hawaiian Electric Company was pushing so much green energy type stuff there. But that was part of what led to the instability that uh, was part yeah. of the issue. So they yeah, didn't you can blame climate change, on, but it's on, not climate change. It's the their reaction to it and their effort to get rich. Uh, it seems like exactly, a lot of people. Exactly. They only spent a small – I read they spent like all of last year $235,000 to improve their lines and things. I saw a video where the posts – this was before the fire even started – were swaying almost a, 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 almost 45-degree angle back and forth in the wind. And it's like you you knew they were going down, and nobody was they they could have shut the power off, but did not. And now now Maui is suing Hawaii Electric, and there's I think I read nine other lawsuits have been filed against them. And and what'll happen is they'll go bankrupt, and they'll then the rates will go up for everybody there, and the rates are sky high to begin with. It's a definitely a lose-lose situation, and yeah. it was only exacerbated and made worse when uh, Biden finally decided to make an appearance. His, oh, his my convictor. God. Oh, wasn't that horrible? He starts yeah, talking it, about his it, kitchen fire. It was absolutely insane. That What bugged me, even more than his little effort to try and commiserate, uh, did you catch his little joke beforehand uh, about, wow, wow, the ground's really hot? It's like, no, what? No, I didn't hear that. You know, I, I, this was, I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but I think this talks about how bad his health is. He had just come off, I mean, this fire, he, when he said no comment, when somebody asked him what he thought about the fire, I I I just was furious that he would then he and then smiled no comment and smiles but he he had been on a vacation in uh Delaware and for 6 days and then he was going to Hawaii but first he stopped in Nevada for 4 or 5 days then he went to Hawaii for 6 hours and back to Nevada I think his health is so bad that he could not make the trip from D.C. to Hawaii, either direction, without stopping to rest first. 
Yeah. Well, I'll go you one better, uh, Susan. Uh, he ducked out on a pre-planned visit with the WNBA champions, uh, and supposedly the excuse is they just decided to extend his current vacation at Lake Tahoe. That, to me, is another indicator that that is a health-related thing because yep. you don't duck out on those things if you can avoid it. And certainly not for any reason he's taking such a hard hit. And that's another one of those reasons why I think we probably are looking at a Michelle Obama nomination. A lot of people are yep. still talking about Gavin Newsom, but I think he brings too no. much baggage. I don't think he's popular enough nationally, and I think he's easily beatable in a general election head-to-head against anybody because – Half of the businesses in California are leaving now, and the other half are trying to figure out how to get the hell out of uh, California. Whereas Michelle Obama, for whatever reason, still seems to be semi-popular within the Democratic voting base. And and she's worse than Biden. Uh, A a filmmaker and a documentary maker named Joel Gilbert, I don't know if you've ever interviewed him, but he came out with a book and a document documentary last year called Michelle Obama 2024, and he just shreds her. He shows her for the total phony that she is, and it is really, the the uh, the film, the video is really worth watching. Uh, it, the book is really very good, too, but it, if you've never had him on, he's somebody that you would want. Yeah. Actually, we had Joe on about a month and a half ago, I think it was. Oh, great. But def- great. Definitely planning on having him back on again. Uh, Susan, uh, believe it or not, we are already uh, pretty much out of time again. <laughs> and- <laughs> Sorry to hear that. <laughs> we didn't even get to talk about Obama's chef drowning in two feet of water. <laughs> Well, you know, we got to save some of those conspiracies for the next visit. And as long as you're amicable, Susan, we'll definitely have the next visit. I'd be happy to be on with you anytime, Tim. All right. Well, thank you so very much. One more time before you go, though, remind everybody where they can find the book and remind folks uh, about your website. Okay, the the book is at Amazon.com. It's called The Rubbish Hauler's Wife versus Barack Obama, and my website is SusanDanielsPI.com. And thank you for letting me plug both of those. Oh, absolutely. That's If you're going to come here and fill part of my time and tell some great stories, the least I can do is let you uh, share your stuff. <laughs> thank so. you. Thank you. All right, Susan. Look forward to the next time getting together. We will have to definitely do it soon. Thank you for being here. Godspeed to you. Yeah, same to you. Thank you. Good night. Good night. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Susan Daniels. She is, of course, the author of The Rubbish Collector's Wife versus Barack Obama. Uh, definitely need to check all of her stuff out the uh, the website's phenomenal too and i promise we will eventually get to some non-barack obama related uh, pi work that she's done which is kind of what i was hoping to do tonight but you know what uh, the topics are the hot topics that's what we got to deal with you know the, there's no reason not to discuss it uh you know it, it still leaves me at this point where i am extremely upset about what's happened in hawaii uh, we see such level of incompetence, and, and I just – I can't imagine what is supposed to make that okay. There's absolutely nothing that that makes any sense. 
So for the folks in Hawaii that are suffering, again, thoughts and prayers, uh, contributions have been made. Uh, thank goodness that humanity is willing to step up and be helpful and do the right things. Now, I had mentioned earlier that in the event that we uh, didn't connect with all of our guests, I did have a story uh, that I was kind of hot about. And this is a follow-up to a story that we had talked about back in January. Uh, it was the story of Sage. If you want to look back in the archives, the literal title is the story of Sage, a.k.a. Uh, Draco. There's a new chapter. It's a follow-up situation. We'll be talking about it on the Sunday show. I have no choice but to talk about it, but I want to let you know that a lawsuit has been moved forward in regards to this young girl, a teenage girl, who fell into the hands of sex traffickers. And then when she was rescued, she was from Virginia. She was rescued in Maryland. She was kept away from her parents in violation of the law. And she was put in a boy's home, a home for troubled youth, for boys, where she was raped repeatedly until she ran away from there. Fell into the hands of sex traffickers again, landed up in the state of Texas, where Texas, thankfully, once they were able to get her out of the situation, got her home immediately. Well, the mom is now filing a lawsuit, and more details are coming out. And these details, as angry as I was about it then, I'm more angry about it now. So I will be telling you some of these new details uh, upcoming this weekend. So be sure to check out the regular podcast on Sunday. In the meanwhile, that's going to have to be where we leave things. So again, thank you so very much for being here. Uh, as always, the Friday Night Live show is it's something special. It's special to me because we are live. We're not recording and going back and trying to make it perfect. We have the guests. We have the conversations. And most importantly, we have you, the live audience, that can go over to, to MeWe. And, and once you're there, go to the Last Frequency uh, chat room and, and hang out and be part of the show that way too. Regardless of all that, though. It's you guys that I do this, and I want you to have a fantastic weekend, and I want you to come back and, and be part of the show again next week. So as we always shut down, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Good night, everybody. Great weekend, and see you soon. Don't feel safe to be
Using both hands. <laughs> 